0: Soup with Coop is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it. Must be 21 or older.
1: You got to realize football is an attitude. The will to win means nothing without the will to prepare. So when you ask me, if I came in the league now, would I play fullback and would I still be have success? And my answer is absolutely yes. Why? Because I believe that I'm special. Why? Because I believe that I'm legendary, Coop. Legendary.
2: My next guest on Soup with Coop probably gets compared to my physique more than anyone else I've ever met. We have the same body, the same neck, the same traps, the same biceps, triceps, quads, calves, and attitude. If you follow him in the NFL, you rush for a thousand yards. It's a given. So welcome Lorenzo Neal to Soup with Coop. How
1: you doing, buddy? Soup with Coop. I am looking forward to this interview. I'm excited about it. And uh, God, when I got the opportunity, I said, why not? Why not soup with Coop? I love it. Love the show. I love some good soup.
2: I'm excited to see what you got in plan for me. You know, you you requested onion soup. When I think of Lorenzo Neal, I think of him He eating you know, like baked potato soup or something. I didn't know you're an onion guy.
1: I'm, I'm an onion guy. You know, everyone talks about, you know, onions, you know, the, the chicken soup and they talk about the potato soup and the, you know, the steak soup soup. That's just, you know, that's so full of just, you know, the, the big hearty soups that everyone likes. But for me, you got to have that onion, something about <laughs> that onion coop. is just amazing. You think about it, the position I played, the fullback position, you know, it's unappreciated. They don't talk about it a lot. My soup's nice and hot, by the way, too, coop. Oh, is it My you know oh yeah what are you what are you going with? I see you've got a little what are you? what are you
2: look, I, if Lorenzo Neal's going to have onion soup, I'm having onion soup. This is more of a French onion soup because yes, I like to think of myself as French. I'm holding that like that like that pinky yes I see,
1: as, as a pinky as he's got his pinky finger up. I can mm-hmm. I
2: appreciate that.
1: I, I can appreciate that. yeah I, I just look at soup and I look at just the way the reason why onion soup is so dear to me. if I, if I tell you if I can indulge you in a story please. I, my my grandmother, rest in, you know she may she rest in peace. She died at the age of ninety seven years old. Her name was Viola, and my grandfather's name was Oliver. And I remember it was in kindergarten, and we would have it show and tell, and it was about bring your favorite fruit or vegetable to school. And everyone, you know, had stories about different things. Some of them brought to fruit, of, you know, strawberries and cherries. Some brought, you know, tomatoes and different types of fruit. And my grandma and I came out, and my grandma told me, "said Son, bring that onion." So I pull out of my bag, and it's an onion. And everyone looked at, oh, he's got an onion. And they had, to, they talked, they had beautiful poems about, you know, strawberries and bananas, and you know, all these great. And I told them, they look at me and laughing because old oh, green onion, the old onion, red onion, it looks, it's smelling, they're like, what? why the onion? I said, because my grandma, she sat with me, she said, you know something about that onion? People disrespect onion. You know, they don't like to necessarily like the onion, but when you want a good soup, you call them that onion. When you want a good hamburger, you call on that onion. When you want some good pasta, good, you know, lasagna and different types of food, you call on that onion. That onion gives a such a unique flavor. And just like the fullback position, it wasn't appreciated. No one wanted to talk about that position. But if you wanted four yards in a cloud of dust, if you wanted to run lead draw and you wanted to go straight down the middle, and if you wanted to be physical and get after the game, you called on that old onion. You
2: called on the fullback position, baby. That's why onion soup, baby. Well, that is exactly why you're my guest. I wouldn't have it any other way. I would, you know, I, I want to do my intro and all over and just say, you know, my next guest is the onion, the onion that no one appreciates, Lorenzo Neal. That's what there I There you said. go. If, you, if only I could do a retake. <laughs> you know, Lorenzo, I remember when you were drafted to the Saints. I just graduated from high school, and, you know, you were a, a rusher. You were a back, but they they kind of they knew you were such a valuable asset. They didn't want to let you... I know you'd had an injury that maybe kind of curtailed your speed and they said fullback. Was that a, was that a, a big adjustment for you? It was a huge adjustment
1: because you know, in, in high school, you running the ball all the time. So play fullback and play, you know, fullback in college. But with Jim Sweeney, we ran that West coast offense. So it was two back. So I still had a thousand yards so I got to run the ball a lot at Fresno state as well. So when I came in the league, um, they, they quickly saw that I could not just a fullback, but they saw that I could run the ball. So they would have me go single back and I was dotting the eye and I was playing a lot of, you know, used me as a fullback, but using me mostly as a runner as well. And the first several games I was leading the league in rushing and I broke my ankle and that next year just couldn't cut on the diamond. league nine cents change. I just didn't have that get up and go like I used to. And I remember Jim Moore, he called me in the office. I mean, Jim Moore is a great guy. I love Jim Moore. Still have contact with old Jim and Jim Moore and Jim Moore Jr. They're great people. And he said, Lorenzo, you can play in this league for another 10 years, and you can have a long career if you accept what I'm telling you. You might not be able to run the ball anymore, but you're physical enough, and God is giving you this body. You can play fullback. It's not glamorous. It's the old onion position. But I'll tell you what, you will be depended on, and people will need you when they want those tough yards, and you'll always have a place in this game. And I left out of his office not necessarily happy, but I left out of his office accepting accepting that he said, look, this is what you're going to have to do in order to be able to prolong your career. And I took it on
2: 17 years later, still was there. Amazing career. Lorenzo, I'd be curious if you were a young rookie coming in now and they had that same, do you think you get that same conversation? Do you think it's a, a luxury now for a guy to pivot to fullback because it's it's, uh, it's hard to name fullbacks this, this day and it,
1: it is. And, and if I could do it all over again, I'll tell you what, I would have played linebacker. I was All-American in high school. I averaged 16 tackles a game. I actually was recruited at Fresno State to play defense. So I would have stayed on the defensive side of ball. I never would have wanted to glamour. I would have been on defense. But yes, if I came into the league right now, and even though it's a spread type of offense and it's five wides and it's all the different things they do, you have to make room. See, opportunity is never lost. It's given to someone else. Coop, just like that's why I have coop with, you know, have soup with Coop, you understand. You said, Let me get my niche. Let me have that. You gonna come on, Coop, and have a little soup. Let's make this happen. I say, come on to the field and come see what Lowe can do on the field at the fullback position. I will make it happen. And that's the difference. You got to realize football is an attitude. The will to win means nothing without the will to prepare. So when you ask me if I came in the league now, would I play fullback and would I still be have success? And my answer is absolutely. Yes. Why? Because I believe that I'm special. Why? Because I believe that I'm legendary, Coop. Legendary.
2: I love it. I love having legends on this show. I feel I'm very flattered that you're you're here. (laughs) Would you say also that at times maybe if you were on the cusp of maybe not making the team that you think you made the team because what a great locker room guy you were?
1: Yeah, I I do. I think a lot of it has to do with attitude and locker room and just tough guys, you know, football is a physical sport and I look at guys that you look at the league and everyone talks about the fullback position. Yes, it's a dying breed. But you look at San Francisco, a guy like Cal Huschek, you see what he's able to do at the fullback position. You look at Kansas City, even though they don't run a lot of two backs, they have one. The Raiders. So there is a fullback still in the game, but it's the way that you lead. It's the way when you come out to practice and you look for the biggest and toughest guy and you run and you go after that linebacker and you show that you put him on a the- you find a way to make yourself valuable. You find a way to make yourself not just wanted but needed. Because everyone wants that shiny car, but what do you really need? You need a car to get you to point A and point B. And so, yes, a lot of it had to do with the physical, physical attribute that I brought to the game, but also, like you said, the attitude, the locker room, going ahead and showing guys how to lead, being the first one in the locker room, being the first one in the weight room, being the first one out to practice, you know, doing the extra things. Doing those things, that's how you build success. That's how you build chemistry is being a leader. Leadership isn't given,
2: it's earned. Lorenzo, feel free to have some soup while I'm talking here. But, you know, it's kind of interesting now when you look in the players who are now coaching, a lot of times the superstars are the ones that, you know, obviously they make so much money sometimes, they don't want to necessarily go back and be a coach. It's hard. The commitment is amazing. But you have some, you know, some – some line, some linebackers, capable some linemen, but not the real marquee, highest-paid guy. You seem like the perfect person that someone would want on staff as a coach. I mean, did you ever have any thoughts of becoming a coach after after playing days?
1: Yeah, I've had uh, opportunities. Marty Schottenheimer, the great late Marty Schottenheimer, wanted me to coach for him. Um, I, I also had a coaching job that was given that was that uh, from Cal Berkeley um, when the head coach. Uh, was Teddy um, was Teddy that he was our head head coach and ended up coaching in Tampa Bay. But then was a coach at Fresno? So I, Jim Tefford, Jeff Tefford. So Jeff yeah. Tefford also offered me a job and, you know, to coach and Coop. I think coaching is a very, very unique place and it takes a different type of individual. Do I have the ability to coach? Yes. Do I think I can lead and help guys and understand football and help guys go from childhood, to manhood to adulthood and all those things? Yes. It's just the time, the commitment, those guys, those coaches put in. I watch coaches come in at seven o'clock in the morning. They get done at seven at nine or 10 o'clock at night. And hell, some of the coaches just sleep on the couch instead of going driving home for 30, driving home 20 minutes. They have to turn around, get back up at six o'clock. They said, shoot, it's already 11 o'clock. They can shower there and just lay on the couch and get up in the morning. So it's a very, very tough job. And I watch these coaches, the hours and the commitment that they put in and, and what they have to do in order to because it's a very, very tough, tough, tough job. And, you know, the NFL stands for not for long and coaches are the same thing. The carousel goes around. And so it's something that I that's that's one of the things that hindered me because watching the time that they put it in. So I wanted to spend more time with my kids.
0: With Caesars Sportsbook and Casino, every bet earns with Caesars Rewards. That means whether you win or lose, you're always earning towards perks like free stays at iconic Caesars properties, game tickets, dining, and more. And if you haven't started yet, here's a reminder. Your first bet is on Caesars, up to $1,250. Download the app with promo code OMAHAFULL and place your first bet. If you win, congrats. If you don't, you'll get it back as a free bet. Must be 21 or older, offer valid, and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming only. New users and first $10 plus wager only. Must register with eligible promo code. Bet amount of qualifying wager returned only if wager is settled as a loss. Maximum bet credit $1,250 must be used within 14 days of receipt. Tier credits and reward credits will be added to account within seven days after qualifying wager settles. See caesars.com slash promos for full terms. Voidware prohibited. No entity ante- stop before you start. Gambling problem, Arizona, call 1 800 Next Step. Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1 800 522 4700. Indiana, call 1 9 With It. Iowa, call 1 800 Bets Off. Louisiana, call 1 770 Stop. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bozier, City and Harris, New Orleans. Michigan, call 1 800 270 7117. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1 800 Gambler, 1 800 426 2537. Or West Virginia, visit 1 800 Gambler.net. New York, call eight seven seven eight Hope, New York, or text Hope, New York four six seven three six nine. It's the best time of year. The football playoffs are upon us. Basketball and hockey are in full swing and nothing beats seeing your favorite team live. Make up for lost time. Go enjoy a game. Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN, is offering you $10 off your first $100 ticket purchase with code soup. That's code soup. Download the app or visit vividseats.com today. Vivid Seats, life happens live.
2: You mentioned not for long. And one stat that pops up when you're looking at your bio is the sh- the quickest pin on a wrestling match. Not for long was how long that guy wrestled you. I feel sorry for this chump that had to wrestle you back in California. Tell me about your wrestling career and that particular match, was just still I think it's still a state record. I don't know what it was. Is it eight seconds? Eight four seconds? I don't know <laughs> how
1: fast it was. Is it? But you know what? The guy was looking for it to take a nap. He just wanted. To, you know what? I I, get, I made a promise with him. I said, Hey, look. At that time I'm in high school. So I said, hey, I'll pay you, you know, five bucks in high school is a lot of money, right? At that time. <laughs> so let me pin you really quick. <laughs> well, um, I just got lucky. I was, I'm, I'm a country boy, Coop. I'm raised in Lamore, California. I'm raised in a country town. I grew up every morning, have to get up at 4.30, drive down to the pig pen, hog, hog farm, had raised hogs and pigs and chickens and goats and, and cows. So I would have, so when the cows, people don't understand when the cows have the babies, you take the calves and you take them out from the mother and you put them in these stalls and you have to hand feed them bottles because they'll get stomped or it's wet. They'll, you know, in the mud, they can die. They get trampled by the cows. So I had to feed the calves, hand feed bottles to the calves, slop hogs, give them their feed, get done by seven, seven thirty and still go to school. Go to school, sometimes even get up earlier, Coop, because I had wrestling practice sometime early in the morning, go in and smell like hog and poop and cow poop. And no, and- no wonder you pinned that guy in eight seconds. He's exactly. So bad. He, ex- exactly. I, I was a sneaky boy. And and then shower and go to school, go to practice and come back home, Coop, and do it again twice a day. Because those cows they had to eat. And then on Friday nights, Coop, I averaged six door I think I averaged 14 tackles a game. Average over 100 yards a game. I was California Athlete of the Year. I would run for 100 yards, you know, get 16 tackles a game. And you know what my dad would say? Instead of getting up at 4 o'clock, my dad would tell me at 7 o'clock on Saturdays, rise and shine. Those cows don't care how many yards you ran for, boy, last night. Come on, let's go. So I had to go ahead and make it to the league. I was like, I cannot do this the rest of my life. No way. Not me.
2: Now, when, you're, when you made it to the league, were your parents – Super proud of you and supportive, and come to the games. How did that work? Absolutely,
1: I was so blessed to have two parents that were married over fifty years, and you know, my dad went home, you know, June, January, sorry, July sixth, two thousand sixteen, and uh, but he was a great man. He um, taught me what work ethic is. You know, my grandparents, Viola and Oliver. They came from, we're from, our family's from Fort Worth, Texas. And this is for those listeners out there, because now we live in a world that's different. We live in a world that's constantly changing. And I just want people to know that you still have opportunity and hope. And don't look, if you can look up, you can get up. Don't let your position, don't let your condition dictate your position in life. My grandmother and grandfather, there's a guy named Cunningham, he would drive a truck and he would bring families from Texas out to California. California was another big ad place. And it was a place called the Island District where a lot of the Blacks stayed kind of in like a convolute. It was kind of like a little home where everyone stayed kind of a compound and a lot of Black families. So my grandparents and five of the brothers at the time, because one of my Uncle Joe wasn't born yet, and my Aunt Bernice, they came out on a, on a truck you know, on the back of a truck, and sometimes they switch turns coming inside the car, truck, and stuff. But he had a kind of wagon and truck that was covered, and he would bring families out for like a hundred bucks or so. They would come out to California. So the family came out to Cali. My grandmother got a job, and she was a supervisor. She was, you know, they chop cotton, so you get paid by how much cotton you pick, and you would have to weigh it. So my grandmother gave me a lot of, and this was one of those stories my grandmother gave me when I was graduating. I was, I was Valley Player of the Year. I was League Player of the Year. I was Central Valley Player of the Year. I was Northern California Athlete of the Year. And I was California Athlete of the Year. Yes, your boy, your boy. I beat out Michael Chain, tennis player. Your boy, I was. I beat out Curtis Conway, Quincy Watts, all those guys, Willie McGinnis. I beat all those guys for Athlete of the Year. And so my grandma, she sat down and she had old beat-up station wagon. She said, don't worry, son. I ain't gonna give you the station wagon. And I was like, oh, thank you. And so she started telling me this story, Coop, of how they came out. And she told me how she picked cotton and she was a supervisor. And she had like 25 people under her. And she was telling me that she was pregnant with my Uncle Joe. And she went to work on Wednesday and she went into labor Wednesday night, had my Uncle Joe, you know, Saturdays and Sundays, you're off. She had my Uncle Joe on Friday. She had my Uncle Joe on Thursday. And Friday, she went back to work. And I said, grandma, why don't you just take Friday off? And then you would have Friday and Saturday, you would have Saturday and Sunday and go back on Monday. She said, son, never take a vacation when the boss is around. I said, why not, grandma? She said, they'll realize how much they don't need you. And that piece of advice, Coop, has stuck with me to this day. It stuck with me when I was in high school. It stuck with me in college, in the NFL. Came back after four weeks being a broken leg. Played in three weeks, four weeks prior to that. Tried to get out there on the field after breaking a ball. Never wanted to take, played in 170-some streak, I don't know, 200-some games. One of the longest Ironman streaks that I had. Because always, even though I was injured, I knew I could get out there. I knew my grandma was saying, don't take a vacation. Somebody will get to showcase what they can do. So life is going to be full of ups and downs. People are going to do things or say things, but you gotta be tough. You gotta understand tough people don't last. Tough times don't last. Tough people do, especially in the world we live in now, Coop, where everything is, you know, you look at racism at an all time high, but you're looking at this message and you're looking at it and you're saying, but what can I do? What can I do to change? How can I put myself and other people that are in position? How can I show love? You don't show love. And I tell people all the time, Coop, you don't have to be red or blue to do what's right. See, we, we, we're in a country now that it's too many people that I gotta be red or blue. No, you don't have to be red or blue to do what's right. It's in your heart. And that's what's wrong with this country. What happened to our love? What happened to our compassion? And most of all, what happened to God?
2: You know, Lorenzo, it's almost that story you just told. It's a, it's a modern day Wally Pipp story. You know, the Wally Pipp story. Yes. <laughs> you know, I, I tell the Wally Pipp story. I feel tell like. It. It tell it for everything. the listeners. Mm-hmm. Tell it again. No, it's just a great story of Wally Pipp, who was a, a successful first baseman for the Yankees back in the heyday and tells the manager one day he wants to take the day off. And, and they said, what's the deal? He's like, nothing. Just kind of, you know, feeling a little tired or don't, don't want to play today. And, Sure enough, they called up Lou Gehrig, and he played. And then the rest is history. Now he played is more consecutive games than anyone until finally Cal Ripken broke it. But uh, you had five unbelievable athletes following Onion behind you. You know, you had Adrian Morrell, Warwick Dunn, Eddie George, Corey Dillon, and Ladanian Tomlinson all in a row, eleven years in a row, run behind you and uh, and get you know Pro Bowl status and a thousand yards. took a lot of pride in that i imagine no question
1: i think when you look at it and think about the position that i played and seeing those guys and watch those guys go to pro bowl and watch one of them get inducted to the hall of fame and i think that eddie i think that eddie george is deserving of the hall of fame as well and you look at work done what he's had an amazing career i was blessed those guys made me look good just like i made them look good they made me look good but It was something that I took a lot of pride in. I took a lot of pride in making sure that I did my job. I took a lot of pride in making sure that those guys behind me and hey, when I came in the game, they knew that I came to do two things on Sunday: chew bubble gum and kick. (laughs) And on Sunday, I was fresh out of bubble gum. So, (laughs) (laughs) Coop, I'm bringing it,
2: baby. I love it. We need it. The
1: the onions coming, baby.
2: To find out that you actually introduced Landonian Thomason going into the Hall of uh, Fame—that's that hit me right there. That's. That's amazing that he thought that highly of you. He was mad. Of all the coaches and people that have influenced him, the guy in front of him uh, paving the way and, and leading the way was uh, the guy who wanted to you know, walk him into Canton. That's, that's really special.
1: It, it hit me so hard, man, when he asked me, when he called me and said, hey, man, I want you to do this honor. I was, I was taken away. I was taken back. I mean, there's so many guys. He could have had Drew Brees. He could have had Marty Schottenheimer. He could have had his brother, his mother. And uh, he chose me. And um, I'm so grateful. LaDainian Thomason is a better, he's a way better person than he is player. If you could imagine that. I used to say, if you see the back of 2-1, it's too late. He was, if he was even, he was leaving. Um, just a phenomenal guy who had so much to give. One of my sisters, her name is Twyla. Um, she was a down-down baby, born with Down syndrome. And um, she loved Ladanian. Well, Danny could run, we could win, lose, or draw, and she was at a game. We are talking about the, my parents coming to the games. Of course, my parents would come, and they would bring Twilight. And whether we lost, whether we won, LaDainian looking for Twilight, And Twilight was looking for him. She's like, where's LaDainian? I love him. I want to marry him. He's my boyfriend. So it was always, I said, Portia's not going to have that, his wife. And and it was just always where he would just go out of the way to make sure Twilight's okay. And we go over to the Pro Bowl, and she comes, and he's taking pictures with her, walking with her, and just – and when you have a guy like that, that so many people are wanting you, you know, demanding your time and your energy, but him going out of the way to see someone special like that, it just, it, he's a, he'll always be, I'll always be indebted in Endearment to Ladanian.
2: On the show, we're always fortunate to have great players. And I, I love to talk to people about their nemesis, who they, who they, in your case, who you met in the hole, what linebackers, you had to go up against, or what corner had to go receivers or linemen going against guys. But in your career, who were a couple guys that were gave you all you wanted? I'll tell you, one of the guys for me personally, I had the dome patrol.
1: So I had to deal with Sam Mills, Bond Johnson, Ricky Jackson. At practice, those guys would absolutely tear me up. So training camp comes, I'm a rookie. So I'm not afraid though. You know, I'm wrestling all American. I was all American wrestling college. So I'm a tough guy, but Brad muster, they just signed Brad muster from Chicago bears fullback and he gets injured. So it's hamstring. So I'm the only fullback. And I remember going against Sam and them and it was just a tough day of practice. So that night I'd ask the guys, Hey, what do you guys want for dinner? You know? And you know, so I bought them pizza and beer. I'm like, Hey, but just tomorrow at practice, let's take it a little easy. I'm the only fullback. So you know, if I give you the nod or the wink, hey, let you know. it's play. Let's just make it look good. I buy them pizza. They got you. I got you, Rook. Next day, I come out. We're getting ready to run a play. And I tell them, hey, here we go. Sam Mills flattens me. I'm like, what happened to the pizza I got you guys? So those guys made me tough. Sam Mills, rest in peace, was a great player, great man, great mentor. Ricky Jackson was one of the toughest guys I ever met. Bon Johnson had a head like the size of a, a hammer, just a big meathead to a tough as nails. So Willing, Oh, and sweet swell. So all those guys were unbelievable. So I had those guys getting ready. But then as far as a game, old school, Jesse Tuggle. Don't know if you number oh. 58, played for the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons. Jesse Tuggle was a man. So my first couple of years, Jesse Tuggle was like, all right, I know this guy's going to be coming for me. And then later on, Al Wilson, loved Al Wilson, Denver Broncos, Texas you know love the guy volunteer He's a, you know Tennessee kid love love out love
2: him.
1: you know what else gave me fits because he wasn't as tall and he was shorter in stature like me. So his head he had a big head and I couldn't get under him. Zach Thomas, yep. little Zach, Zach yeah, was just
2: Great just a player, bat.
1: yeah, great player, run all over the place and like I like playing against the guys like Ray because Ray was like six two, six three, but great player, very instinctive, but just brought out the best. So I love playing against those guys, Bond. You know, um, Kirkland, Big Kirkland, number ninety-nine for the Steelers, yep. Joey Porter, and all those guys. So it was, it was, it was, it was, it Donovan Darius, the safety for uh, you know that was uh, for um, Jacksonville. So I, a lot of guys would absolutely give me headaches, but you know you just get up and you keep going, and you know something wonder You just keep pounding, keep pounding, and someone quits.
2: You know, it reminds me, Ricky Jackson, when I was seven years old in new Orleans dad was playing for the saints we have this, the saints have the number one pick took george rogers in the first round and then hugh green and, and ricky jackson were on the same team hugh green goes early and the saints picked ricky jackson's the second round pick first first pick in the second round i'm seven Peyton's five and we invite my dad invites um, george rogers and ricky over for dinner george couldn't make it so just ricky shows up and we walk in, and we're excited. We're fired up. We just gotten a new basketball goals, you know, like you used to hook on the back of your door in your in your room. Yeah, like in the yeah, yeah. So Rick comes over. I mean, he's he's fresh. He's a rookie. He doesn't know, you know, where he is in New Orleans. So right. we bring him upstairs to our room. My parents are down there having a glass of wine or what have you. And like the the, the ceiling shaking, the chandeliers <laughs> shaking. And my dad's going, "Dear, what is going on up there?" Yeah. I'm yeah. out about fifteen minutes later, and. And Peyton is is crying, and no. I'm I'm bleeding. No. And my Dad goes, "What happened?" And Ricky goes, "I beat him twenty to nothing." <laughs> he, really? he, he said, "Dad goes, I know we got a good player here." And sure enough, He, was you, the hall he did not take me? it easy on us. He did not take are it easy you, on us.
1: Oh my! God. Hey, hey, Coop, that is, that is so crazy. I got so many great stories, man. And and it was like, man, just talking to you and just like thinking about like the Pro Bowls, hanging out with your brother, you know. And it's like, dude, I, I love your sister-in-law. She, did he tell you? to pay? you told Peyton you're going to talk? Did you tell Pay you're going to oh, talk? No, I, I didn't tell him. Okay. And you ought to say, yeah, Lo, let's say, Lois, getting ready to tell him. So you asked, hey, Peyton, I heard you can sing. I heard you had to sing because Mama made him sing. So we have, you know, we'd sit out there and we have a couple cold pops. And Mama's like, if you don't sing, Peyton, you know how to. You, you, don't worry, tonight ain't gonna, it ain't going to go well for you. Exactly, exactly. Hey, Peyton got up there and sung like a Christmas. He was singing, bro. Oh! Yeah.
2: He's, you know, Pey- Peyton around a microphone is a little bit more. It's all effort, no talent. You know what I mean? So, Well, Lo, I can't thank you enough for agreeing to, to come on and spend some time and share some stories and walk down memory lane. It's been a fantastic uh hooking up with you again. If, is there ever a chance for us to have a couple cold pops? Count me in.
1: Hey, brother, I love it, Coop. It's been awesome. And just by the way, you look better than your your brother. So just wanted you to know that.
2: <laughs> that's going. That's going on our our Instagram feed right there. Tweet that out. Thank you, my man.
1: Oh, brother, be good. Be blessed.